Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode 23. Before we dive into our topic today, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of the regular listeners. It blows me away to discover that we've got listeners all over the globe. People in Spain and Italy, people in the UK and Germany. I've got people in Bulgaria, people in Greece. I've got people in um, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, all throughout the States and all throughout Canada. It means the world to me that you're finding value in this podcast. And it gives me a feeling like I get to visit with you every now and then, once a week or two, and that means the world to me. So thank you to all of you who are tuning in regularly. It really means the world to me. Now today, I wanna follow up on a topic that I touched on several podcasts ago, but haven't yet done the actual teaching on. And so today's podcast is about a concept called the 10 bodies. Now in all yogic philosophy, there is the belief that we have many layers to how we form in a human body. And in the specific lineage of the 3HO Kundalini, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, they use the lens of the 10 bodies. Now, I recognize that that particular teacher has some controversy around him. And if we put all that aside, I just want to focus in on the actual teaching of the 10 bodies because this lens is very useful at reflecting upon yourself and amplifying your skills, your traits, your gifts, as well as being able to improve areas where you can see that you're having trouble or struggling. So let me walk you through this lens and see if you find value in it yourself. All right. So again, this lens believes that we have 10 different bodies that make us up. Well, the first body is your soul. This is your eternal state of being. This is your consciousness. It is said or believed in the yogic philosophy that your soul has many incarnations and experiences. So from this soul perspective, when you go to create an incarnation, certain things must happen before your physical body can be formed. So the first thing that happens is that the mind is developed. Now in this 10 body system, three of the bodies are related to the mind. So first body, soul. Second body, negative mind. Third body, positive mind. And fourth body is your neutral mind. Well, your negative mind has a specific job. It's all about contraction, definition, and discernment. So your negative mind takes the infinite expanse of every potential and possibility, and it narrows it down into a specific set of criteria. It creates limit. Once your negative mind creates a limit, then your positive mind comes in, and its job is the opposite, it's expansion. So within the limitations of what you're creating, in this case your body, it now goes to work to create that. And so the expansive mind looks for every opportunity 
within that set definition of criteria. Pretty cool. The neutral mind, well, it holds the space for all of that to take place. It's the blending of everything that's going on in those two minds. And so once you've created the definition and you've then expanded to create the opportunity within that definition, and you're holding that in neutrality, you create the fifth body, which is the physical body. As we know, the physical body is pretty plain to see. It's the entire structure or vehicle that we use for our soul to roam around on this earth in this three-dimensional plane, creating and experiencing. Well, now that the body is formed and is coming to life, we have the sixth body, which is known as the arc line. Now, the arc line itself is the nucleus to your aura, aura being your electromagnetic field. And this nucleus is said to be like the halo around your head. And for women, it's also a halo from breast to breast. Now, this halo concentrates the focus of your energy and really directs kind of the tuning or the flavor of your energy. We'll come back to that. Your seventh body is your aura. So now you've got your soul using your negative mind to create a definition, your positive mind to access all opportunity within that definition and create, your neutral mind to hold the space for all of that to happen, creating a physical body with an arc line, and now you have this aura. Well, your aura or your electromagnetic field is the pulsing of energy flowing in and through you. So the electric energy is your thoughts flowing outward to communicate with the universe who you are, what you're being, and what you want to create. And the magnetic force of your electromagnetic field draws back all the conditions and experiences that match the frequency that you're putting out. You know the saying, whatever you're putting out, you get back. That's the job of the electromagnetic field or your aura. Well, the seventh body doing this pulsing of sending out and bringing back, again, is focused by that arc line, the nucleus of your aura. Pretty cool. Now, we also know that we're a being that breathes, that our life force comes in through the breath. So the eighth body is known as the pranic body or the energy body or the breath body. And so this eighth body, pranic body, it circulates that flow of life force in and through your tissues and back out. Well, the circulation of your energy also goes with your electromagnetic field pulse or your aura. So how your aura is radiating out and bringing and magnetizing back in is fueled by the energy that you're circulating through the breath. The rates, the depths, the cadences of how you're breathing all play a part in how that signal of your aura, your vibe, is sent out. So cool. Your ninth body is called your subtle body. Now, it's said in this system that when your body, your physical body, passes away, the only thing that's left is your soul and your subtle body. 
The subtle body carries the mastery, the information you're learning, um, you know, what you've experienced in your life. And from lifetime to lifetime, it, it accumulates this wonderful wisdom and experience and carries it with the soul. So subtle body is really about that, the subtleties and the nuances of everything you experience. Okay, I'm not overloading you, am I? Okay, I'll keep going. The 10th body is our radiance. Our radiance emanates out from us when we're healthy and shiny and bright and really in alignment and balanced. We have immense radiance. You know those people that walk into a room and you're like, wow, that person has great energy, they're radiant. It's like that. And so radiance can also kind of give us a sense of how much power we have, how, how we can direct our energy to specific outcomes to create certain things. And so this makes up the 10 bodies. And I know I've burned through them kind of quickly, and I'm gonna come back and go a little slower. But let's recap. Body number one, soul. Two, your negative mind, contractive, making beautiful containers to create in. Your positive mind, expansive, totally creative, looking for opportunity. Your neutral mind, holding both of those minds together in a unified state. And then you have your fifth body, your physical body. Sixth body is the arc line of your aura, your nucleus. Seventh is your aura. Eighth is your breath body. Ninth is your subtle body. And 10 is your radiant body. Now, in this particular system of the 10 bodies, when all those bodies are working together in beautiful harmony, functioning exactly as they're designed to do, there is an 11th body created, and it is the totality of all of those things working together. And when your 11th body, your totality of these bodies, is operating optimally, you flow. You absolutely flow. So here's an interesting concept. We could work from the 10 bodies and learn to optimize each one of them and learn to bring them together into all of these um, wonderful alignments so that we can create this incredible flow. Or we could also learn how to flow, and in doing so, bring alignment and congruence into all 10 of these bodies. It's such a cool loop. Everything feeds into the other thing, and so of course it doesn't really matter where you start. When you positively enter into any of this, you get to make improvements in everything. This is one of the things that I love most about yogic training. You know, people go to a yoga class. They stretch and bend and they breathe and they focus and they relax and they feel really good when they leave. And for some people, they think of it as, you know, this is a physical practice that's gonna do wonders for my body. And that's true. But for others who understand the more subtle levels of this, what you're really doing is you are aligning and flushing and bringing into wonderful congruence all 10 of these bodies. 
And when you do that, of course, you flow. And we all know that when we flow, things line up, synchronicities happen. That soul part of ourselves is really running the show. It's seeing from a vantage point that's real time, so it knows how to line things up in your favor. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's drop back into the 10 bodies. Let's go to the minds. So we have these three minds, which we're all very familiar with. Our negative mind is always looking for risk. Its job is to protect us now that we're in physical form. It's created a definition of who we are and what we are, and its job is to make sure that that doesn't shift. Well, this is awesome because the negative mind is what helps us show up pretty much the same as we are moment to moment. It gives us continuity, consistency. When the negative mind looks for risks, again, it's protecting the physical structure, it's protecting the mind, it's protecting the energy, it's protecting the whole of you. The negative mind is wonderful. When that negative mind gets out of balance, it can either become too strong or it can become too weak. When the negative mind is too strong, well, we get pretty worried and fearful. We get really contracted because, of course, that's the mind's job. So our body gets tense. We worry, we fret, we might even become anxious or paranoid or panicky. The more we contract, the more that our tissues and particles that make up our body smash together, and the less that our energy can flow through those areas. So we can create, you know, illness and disease. When that negative mind is too weak, well, it can't create a container. So without a container, it can't create anything. There's indecisiveness, there's no discernment, totally gullible, believe anything. And the risk to the body is at a heightened level because there's nothing to look for risk. It's too weak. But when that negative mind is balanced and optimal and healthy and doing its job, it's pointing out the risks, but it's not getting carried away. It's creating definitions, it's coming up with ideas on the parameters of what you need to create the life and the experience that you want. The negative mind gives you focus. It allows you to decide out of everything that you could create, this is what I'm gonna create. It's pretty cool. Now, a lot of us think of the negative mind and we think, no, I'm supposed to have a positive mind and think positively. But they're misunderstanding the purpose and the healthy nature of what a properly operating negative mind can do. We need it. Now, the positive mind, again, is the opposite, right? It's an expansive mind. So it's always looking for opportunity. Where negative looks for risk, positive looks for how can I create this wonderful thing I want to create. When that mind gets out of balance, same thing can happen. It can become too strong or it can become too weak. When that positive mind is too strong, it craves. It gets so excited about what it wants that it just has to have it. It gets fixated on what it wants. It's craving, it's addiction. 
It's habits that can be really out of balance. And what often happens when that positive mind is in that grasping, wanting, craving state is that it will memorize patterns and programs in the body that then become physical addictions. And so that's where we get, where we can get lost in food or, or coffee or, or drugs or alcohol or habits and patterns that give us that temporary high of the excitement that the positive mind loves. When the positive mind is too weak, there's no energy. Meh, whatever. I don't know, don't want to create anything today. Here we get depression and stagnancy. We get emotions that are sad and low. We get into, again, stagnancy where things just don't move. So optimally, we want that positive mind to be balanced. We want the positive mind to work in tandem with the negative mind. Positive mind gets an idea, negative mind tells us what the drawbacks might be. Positive mind looks for opportunities to mitigate those risks, and the negative mind assures us that that's working out fine. A partnership between the negative and positive minds is really important. Another reason why yoga is such a wonderful tool, because yoga is always bringing in balance. Balance of the hemispheres of the brain, balance of your nervous system, balance of your appendages. Everything is about bringing in balance. So now we've got this negative mind and positive mind. We also have the neutral mind. Now the neutral mind is your gateway to the soul. The neutral mind is the mind of awareness. It's a present mind. The negative and positive minds are more autopilot minds. They function on what they already know, what, what's at risk, what is possible, and they look to create an experience through those limitations. Whereas the neutral mind is the mind of your soul. So it's tapped into every potential and possibility. It lives in limitlessness. And when the neutral mind is activated, it watches and witnesses the goings on of the negative and positive mind. And in doing so, it creates an environment where negative and positive can work together. This is so key. I wish that Every leader of the world would learn this so they would understand how to create peace. When we step back and really observe and listen and pay attention to what risks we're afraid of and what opportunities we'd love to create, it's the neutral mind, that connection to the soul, that can really help us find the way. When you are in your neutral mind, in that observation, and you're open through that gateway into limitlessness, this is when you start noticing things you've never noticed before. This is where patterns and possibilities pop up, where you're driving down the street and suddenly you get an impulse to go into a store, and when you get in the store, you bump into the person that's gonna be the perfect person to help you with something that you wanna do. That's the job of the neutral mind. There are no limits when it comes to that mind. Now, 
I love honing in on these three because this is also the key to being able to bring yourself out of the fixation of being in struggle when you're trying to get into flow. You know struggle, where we're focused on the problem, we can't figure out how to solve it, it's creating stress and pressure, and maybe even our negative mind is out of control a little bit and it's fixating on it, and there's, we just can't figure out how to move past it. It's the neutral mind that gives space for that to be heard and then that wonderful connection to all the potentials and possibilities we've never thought of are now accessible to us through that mind. And when we train ourselves, again, I can't say enough good things about yoga, when you train yourself through a practice that brings that balance, that teaches you to get into your neutral mind, that gets your breathing chemistry so perfect that you are fully accessing all three minds at once. When you do practices like that, meditation, all kinds of things, you are opening up that unison between those three minds. And when you can drop right into the epicenter of those three minds functioning together, you're in flow. It's that simple. So when you train yourself to get into flow, you're training yourself to train those three minds to work together. And when you train those minds to th work together, you're getting into flow. You see what I mean? It's always a loop. Love it. Now the physical body, well, it's tissues. It's tissues that are at the core, a whole bunch of particles that are just vibrating in space. It's true. Science would tell us that when you look at the body, it's actually 99.999999% space. And the rest of the body are these particles that vibrate in and out of existence over and over, multiple times every second. So not only is your body mostly space, it's also a temporary phenomena that recreates itself multiple times every second. I find that so cool. So with all this information that your body holds in these particles and this blueprint of creation, it's your negative mind that brings you into contraction and it's your positive mind that sends you into expansion. And it's your neutral mind that holds it all together. Pretty cool. So this body of ours being physical reality, well, movement is wonderful for the body because movement allows us to really open up pathways of flow through our system so we can embody with our awareness into every single cell. And so as the body is again living and breathing, we're circulating energy through the body. And as we're circulating energy through the body, we're vibrating out our attitudes into the universe, again, sharing who we are, what we're being, and where we're focusing. Those minds together put a focus. If you're focused in that struggle loop on the problem, all your energy's heading that way. Mind you, you've also got the brakes on because you're contracting. So you're slowing the energy down as much as you can, even though you're looking at the worst case outcome. 
It's kind of like seeing a cliff before you and digging your heels in and skidding all the way to the edge. That's the negative mind when it's fixated on a problem. You're heading toward the problem, but you're slowing yourself down as much as you can. When you go into neutral and you witness that this is what is happening, it activates the positive mind to help counterbalance that. Okay, so the reality is I'm skidding toward a cliff. I got my heels dug in as deep as I can to slow this down, but I'm still focused on the edge of that cliff. But the positive mind comes in and goes, oh, wait a minute, I see a tree over there. If we could grab that tree, I bet you we could catch ourselves before we slide off this cliff. So the positive mind, again, looking for opportunities, starts spotting things. But that neutral mind, well, it's seeing things your positive mind can't see yet because it's seeing beyond your limits. It's seeing into infinite potentials. I, I know I could loop around these three minds for days and days and just keep talking about them. Let me take a breath. When you go to the 11th body, where your soul and all three minds and your physical body's open and moving and your aura nucleus is strong and very focused because your minds are in that neutral place so you know where you're putting your attention and then your electromagnetic field is vibrating out the truth of all of who you are in your physical programming and all of who you are in your infinite potential. And it's vibrating that out into the universe. And you're breathing in and you're breathing out and you're circulating this oxygen and prana and carbon dioxide and you're embodying yourself. And then you have all this subtle knowledge that you've carried for lifetimes with you. And you're radiating out this wonderful, amazing essence of who you are you are in that 11th body and you are in flow. There's nothing that you can't create. Wisdom pours through you. Words stream out of your mouth and when they stream, there are words you might not have even known you were gonna say. You are so present in the real-time moment, speaking your truth, being your whole amazing self. It's just phenomenal. And the best part is that every single person is built to do this. So often we get stuck in that negative mind, fixated on our limits, protecting the identity of who we've memorized ourselves to be, that we think that all of these wonderful sounding things are just for those people who have it all together people who have things or are things that we believe we're not. But it's not true. Every single soul in a physical body on this earth is designed to operate at their optimal state. What it takes is a clear desire and a decision to optimize first those three minds. Next, your body. And then your radiance, how you vibrate out on purpose. In my work, I refer to this as flow mind, flow body, and flow mastery. 
This is where you get the knowledge, the practice, and the mastery of what you're learning. The 10 body model is perfect because within the 10 body model, there's also ways to strengthen those bodies. There are tools and tricks and practices and focuses that can really take one of those bodies and help you optimize it. It's a very cool system. So as you can see, I could talk about this forever. I'm not going to. So let me offer you this opportunity. If you'd like, drop me an email to connect at flowtribe.ca and put in 10 bodies in your heading. When you drop me that email, I'm gonna ask you to add one more thing if you're willing. Put in your birth date, just the birth date. Mine is April 24th, 1965. So put in your birth date and I'm gonna go ahead and send you back a numerology reading based on these 10 bodies. And what this numerology reading does is it tells you which of the bodies are naturally strong for you and which of those bodies are the bodies you've come to work on. And in that, it also gives a few tips on things you can do to work on the bodies that you've come here to really work on. It's really fun. Now, again, if you're interested, drop me an email, connect at flowtribe.ca, and add your birth date, your month, your year, and your day. All right? Okay, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Radical Flow podcast. If you're enjoying it, I'd love it if you would share it. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.